Welcome to Happily Ever After is just the beginning. Keeping your relationship not just together, but happy, and we mean truly happy, is part art and part science. You've come to the right place. Here's your host, Leslie Dorries. So when things go south in a relationship, one of the first things many people do is to question whether they ever really loved their partner. And sometimes they outright deny it. Now, it's true that you each will, to some extent, change over time. And it's also true that some people pretend to be someone they aren't to be in a relationship that is never going to be a good fit. But for most, if you could time travel back to the beginning of your relationship, you would see that the love was there and it was real. So what happened? Do you ever wonder why you chose your partner in the first place? Are you aware of the unconscious beliefs that you hold that get in the way of a good relationship? Well, the truth is that you are a creature of your past and how you address that will determine both the success of your relationships and how happy you will be. So to help walk you through that process, I'm joined by my friend and fellow relationship coach, Fawn Gilmore-Kraut. Fawn, thanks so much for coming on the show and talking about what is a really important thing, but most of us, I guess, don't either don't realize it or don't pay too much attention to it. Yeah, absolutely. Leslie, thanks so much for having me on your show. I'm so excited to be here and to um, be with your audience. Um, yeah, it's true. We don't we often underestimate how our past or how we relate to our past impacts our relationships. I see this over and over again with my clients or women who come to me, you know, a lot of single women that I work with and then now um, also partnered women uh -huh. um, who they keep repeating the same relationship over and over yep. again, just with a different person. They either keep attracting emotionally unavailable men or partners. They keep attracting people who are abusive. They keep attracting um, addicts. They keep attracting narcissists. Or they keep sabotaging a relationship or pulling the plug on a relationship and then regretting it later they keep doing the same <laughs> thing over and over whatever it is right and so and some of those so those are the, some of the common challenges that you address and it's kind of like you know it reminds me of this concept um i remember years and years ago i was i was gosh was i even a teenager which we're not going to tell you how long ago that was but there was a book that was out that was like how to be your own best friend and, it, and, and as we're talking, it reminds me of the concept that you, first you have to love yourself before others can. And so I, I'm thinking that this plays in to some of those things that you see with your clients. Absolutely. It's a key essential aspect of a healthy relationship and of being able to, for single people to attract a good partner, but also within a relationship. We often look to the other person to meet our needs and to fill in the gaps where we don't really love ourselves. We think this other person's, in a sense, mm -hmm. going to rescue me from my own self. Yes. And that is a recipe for 
disaster. Yeah, it takes me back to the to the movie, you know, with the line, you know, um, you complete me. It's like, oh, stop that. I know. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. It, no, one, no one can. I mean, there is a beautiful sense. Relationships can be extremely healing, a good, uh -huh. healthy relationship. And um, there is this sense. It's not so much that they complete you. It's that they enhance you. They yeah. add to. They, they, you know, it's like, you know, this, we're better together. Yes, that's uh -huh. all can be true and should be. Hopefully it's what we want. But in order to get there, you have to stop and like take a look. If there's parts of myself that I'm ashamed of, uh -huh. parts of myself that I hate, uh -huh. that I disown, parts of my story of my past, um, maybe my body, my life, certain parts that I can't accept. I'm going to hide those from you. From uh -huh. I'm going to shove those aside because I'm hiding them from myself. So how can I let you come in and fully see me and fully love me if I don't let you how can I, how can I do that uh -huh. if I don't fully see and fully love myself? I'm going to close off those parts from you and try to keep you out of those rooms, uh -huh. those places, you know, that then, because I'm afraid you'll reject me just the same way I've rejected myself. Yeah. And that's a really important thing. And, you know, it's one of those things where, um, there's a there's a theory in a lot of marriage work that that our our partners give us the opportunity to heal those places. But again, you know, we have to be really careful because two damaged people coming together generally doesn't work. Um, and we have right. to be somewhat we have to be somewhat along in that process. But this reminds me that you know, frequently when I work with my clients, I often run into the perspective that their past is a series of events that happened that are over and they have no impact on what's going on with them today. <laughs> it's like, okay. Um, but what makes someone's past so critical to their present and, and how can people address it in, in, in a healthier kind of way as opposed to, Oh, that stuff that happened, you know, it's not impacting me today. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's interesting. It's a different perspective. I mean, because it's true. All we have is this moment and the past is the past. It's over mm -hmm. unless I'm bringing it into the present, which we all do because we have stories we make up. We have conclusions we draw. There's quote unquote, I'm doing air quotes here, truths mm -hmm. that we tell ourselves based on our interpretation of what happened in the past. Mm -hmm. So there's the event, there's something that happened. And then there's the story and the meaning we ascribe to it. And then out of that comes like new rules that we decide to live by in order to protect ourselves. And then those rules, we just design our lives to confirm ourselves, to make ourselves right. And then we end up repeating the same pattern. So it's not that the past is impacting the future, the present or the future. It's our 
interpretation. It's our unconscious stories we tell ourselves about the past. So just saying none of it matters and, you know, I'm just going to do better now uh -huh. means we're not, if we, can, if we can stop and unpack not just what happened, but what we did with it, how, what we assume. So, um, like if we grew up in a home where there was very little affection or if there was, um, you know, we're, I know we're going to get into like religious uh -huh. dogma or uh -huh. stories about, you know, rules that you're supposed to follow. And as children, of course, we don't question. We just. Right. We in. follow them. Right. <laughs> this is how yeah. we learn to live, you know, and our parents model, quote unquote, uh -huh. what a relationship looks like. And we think that becomes our normal and it just goes into our unconscious. So now as adults, we carry that with us. We're no longer children, but in some ways in our relationships, we act like we are because we haven't just stopped and like examined and going, okay, what am I telling myself? When you look at, you keep repeating the same relationship pattern. Uh -huh. It's a great time to just get curious. When did that start? What mm -hmm. am I, what am I, what was I thinking literally when I chose what I chose that created what I got? Well, and that's in you. Know, and, and this is where a lot of the past comes from, because when we grew up in our household and at least for the first five years, you know, before we actually go to school and, you know, we, and, and see different things, but whatever goes on in our household is normal. Even, even if to the outside world, it's not. But for us, it's completely, well, this is the way the world works. And if you yeah. think about being um, you know, absorbed into a system for five years, a minimum, then it's like it kind of lays the path for the way things are supposed to be. And challenging that is really scary. It is. And you it know, is. so we will interpret looks or tones of voice or actual words you know that's happening to us right now the way that they what they meant when we were kids right you know it's like right. oh if if you know, somebody uses that tone of voice it means i'm in trouble it means i'm bad it means whatever whatever the story is that we're telling ourselves and so we yeah. project that onto our current you know, people, and they're like going, what the heck is going on here? I didn't know that. <laughs> right. I'm not mad. I'm excited. And right. we're, but we're already spinning out on it. Yeah. So, yeah. It's a great example. So, you know, and, and, and I know that one of the things and, and, um, you know, and, and the, the interesting thing is I have two sisters and we did not experience the same events the same way which is kind of interesting because, well, we grew up in the same family. Actually, no, we didn't. We all grew up in a slightly different family. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, you know, so when you have children who do things differently, that, I mean, part of that's personality, just their natural personality characteristics, but part of it is just the way that they interact with the world. And so even when you're talking to your own family, it's like, well, that's not what happened. Right. <laughs> right? <laughs> exactly. You know, and, 
So what are some of the helpful ways that, that people can take a look at their past non-judgmentally? I mean, I love, because you use the word, and, and curiosity is one of my all-time favorite words, because yeah, I think too. it's really helpful. Yes. What, what are some ways that people can get curious about what went on in their, in their homes growing up that, that, they're st- you know, that have created the stories that they're telling themselves? Well, one way is to, you know, start with what's present for us right now. If you're considering, you're looking at a relationship you're in mm-hmm. or that you're struggling with or that you're a pattern you're noticing or something. I keep whatever. Mm-hmm. I keep doing this thing or this <laughs> thing keeps happening right. Like right now because that's where you can access it is in the moment today because that's how okay. obviously, right? So you start there. And you, you know, journaling is a great way to do this or obviously having a conversation with an experienced coach or therapist who can help you or a friend. It's like, just be, curiosity is the key, non-judgmental. Mm-hmm. You're not broken. You're actually operating exactly the way you were designed to. So, but be curious about your thoughts. Just notice what's the story you're telling yourself. Why, you know, with like break, go down into detail about what happened, like in the present, Uh this, 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 and then he said this, and then I said this, because when he said this, I interpreted it as blah, blah, blah. So Uh see if you can pinpoint that. And then is that the only possibility? Is that really true, my interpretation, or is it just an assumption that I'm making? And then if you realize it's an assumption, then you can go, why did I assume that? What? Just get curious and follow it through. What's the story I'm telling myself? Then you can cook it back and notice there's emotions that come up. When I believe that, that thought, that assumption, I have certain emotions. Thoughts trigger our feelings, our emotions. That's why we react. Mm-hmm. So what's the emotion? Feel that. And then our emotions then, it's like, oh, that's an old familiar feeling. Uh-huh. Where else have I felt this? That's when your memory starts tr- coming up. Like, oh, I felt this in my last relationship. Oh, I felt this when so-and-so said this to me. Oh, wow. That's like what I felt with my dad when he used to blah, 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 whatever Mm -hmm. it is. Or that's how I felt when my teacher did or my, those kids at school bullied me or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. The emotions can lead you back to identifying where it came from because they're familiar. Right. And then they... And then that gives us a chance to do something different with it. Then we can do something different. We say, oh, that's where I felt that because what da da And then, but now you can come back and look at what happened in your childhood or wherever that started from a new perspective as an adult going, okay, when dad did this, the story I told myself was I must not be worthy. I, there's something wrong with me. Uh-huh. I need to, we do whatever we need to do as children to survive right? Yes. You get what we mean. And so that's where that construct comes from. So that's when we can begin doing some work and like rewriting those stories, rewiring even our brain and our nervous system. Yep. 
so that we're not so triggered in the present and we can actually be with the person we're with in the present rather than throwing at them all this unconscious stuff from our past that poisons what could potentially be a healthy relationship. Right. So this is Happily Ever After is just the beginning on webtalkradio.net. I'm Leslie Dorries, and I'm talking with fellow relationship coach Fawn Gilmore-Kraut about the importance of attending to past experiences so you can free yourself to experience the loving and healthy relationship that you desire and deserve. And the truth is, it's never too late to do this, even if you've been married for years and can't see a path forward with your spouse. And if this is you, I can help. I invite you to take a moment and send me an email or give me a call to schedule your complimentary Create Your Happily Ever After Discovery Session. You can call me at area code 919-924-0463. Again, that's 919-924-0463. Or you can send me an email at leslie, L-E-S-L-I, at foundationscoachingnc.com. That's F-O-U-N-D-A-T-I-O-N-S, coaching, N as in Nancy, C as in charlie.com. And now I want to get back to this conversation about how your past is, in, is influencing your present and what you can do about it. And so Fawn, I know that you're working on some, um, uh, you know, some specific areas, but there are there some specific types of beliefs or experiences that seem to create more challenges than others? Well, we all have our own unique uh, recipe for <laughs> sabotaging relationship. <laughs> But um, I have found it from my own story and from many of the people that uh, I work with, um, there's our family stuff, but then there's also on top of that, many of us grew up in some sort of religious upbringing or some kind of dogma, some uh -huh. sort of community structure. And that could look like church or synagogue or mosque or. Or cult. Or cult, right? <laughs> I've had, I've coached quite a few ex-cult members, mm -hmm. myself included. Right. So, um, so what I find, especially if you grew up in that, so you've got your family mm -hmm. and then whatever they're teaching you is reinforced when you go to church or when you go into this community. Youth uh -huh. group pastors, peers, church ladies, whatever the community culture is. We have a large one in America that's very diverse. Uh -huh. But we have our own unique little pool, our pond that we grew up in. And um, for me, I grew up in a... a I mean, the general umbrella of it would be evangelical Christian. Uh -huh. And, um, <laughs> you know, it, and whatever our spiritual beliefs are now, whatever our, whatever was, you know, there's, it's always a mix. Like religion. Sure. All great religions. There's a reason why we have them. There's, there's a, um, there's beauty. Uh -huh and meaning and purpose. There's a connection with the divine. There's a sense of who we are. It's core and it's beautiful and it's 
been the source of some of the greatest good and advancement in human history. Mm-hmm. It has also been the source of some of the greatest pain and suffering, and yeah. Suffering and toxicity in human history. So, like humans, we are both and, and religion is both and. Mm-hmm. And so, our job is to separate out and to pull. And what I do with my clients is let's pull the gold from what we grew up in. Let's find the good, mm-hmm. but let's also identify, recognize, and free ourselves from um, the BS, from what was toxic. So mm-hmm. in, in a lot of the evangel- people who grew up in evangelical cultures, and actually in a lot of other religious cultures, there's what we call the purity movement, mm-hmm. or this idea, especially for women, So women are to remain, quote unquote, pure or sexually pure until they're married. I mean, and this is all, this goes back. Right. This is, this is, this is, I mean, and and there are some reasons for this, you know, and again, like you said, there's, it, it, it didn't necessarily start out in a confining bad place. It's just a lot of how things get interpreted. Right. Yes, but in many cultures, I mean, if a girl is not is found to not be a virgin when she's married, oh, she could be killed. Yeah, that's going on today in certain parts of the it world. Is. Absolutely, it is. Yeah. Or she could be, or or you're just you will never get married, which mm-hmm. actually would equal a lifetime of poverty and perhaps just starving to death. Right. So right. there's the roots of this go way back. Uh-huh. So, but some of the modern version in Western evangelical is this, it's just been taken to such crazy heights in that, you know, teenagers are asked to get purity rings and they do a whole ceremony where you promise, and it's interesting, it's mostly the girls, sure, you know, and you have to dress super modestly so that you protect the boys from themselves, Right. From their mm-hmm. own lust. So, you know, and, you know, and then the first question if a girl gets sexually assaulted or raped is often, what was she wearing? Yeah, what, was she, what, what was she doing? Why was she there? Right. right. As opposed right. to just Versus, like, hey. right. hello, right. right. You just got assaulted by a perpetrator, mm-hmm. right, with ill intent. So, right. So, it goes into, but it's like this subtle, there's like, there, what gets put on there is, shame, um, confusion. Mm -hmm. Um, we often get married for the wrong reasons because we get like, Oh, I can't have sex till I get married. So I better hurry up and get married. Uh You know, hormones. Yeah. That was, that was my parents and it didn't have anything to do with religion. I don't think, but but it just is, it's just deeply where a lot of the rest of the country has kind of moved past that. Some of the religions out of fear of that sexual freedom mm-hmm. clamp down all the harder and we throw shame on top of it. Right. And we throw guilt and we throw, um, so, uh, you know, clients come to me and they're like, I can't enjoy sex with my husband or my partner or my boyfriend because mm-hmm. it's 
you know, we're supposed to be driven pure, all, right. you know, pure as the driven snow. And then suddenly on our wedding night, we're you flip the switch, right? Yeah. Right. And it's like, <laughs> you know, and so then there's like, we don't know how, the other thing is we don't know how to ask for what we want because we don't know. So for me growing up, um, desire was quote unquote of the flesh desire will lead you down that evil path to perdition right so you know we are i grew up you know we were missionaries and so it was all about taking your desires and you lay them at the foot of the cross you know you take mm -hmm. up your cross so it was all about sacrificing your desires so if i had a desire i immediately shut it down uh -huh. because that it was almost, that was sinful. Uh -huh. So it was, uh, what I was supposed to do would be the opposite. So I ended up making choices in my life about my career, about relationships, about where I lived and who I associated with and what I did, not based on what was truly in my heart and my desire to do, but almost in the opposite. It was like, what's the sacrificial thing to do? Right. So, so it sounds like when you're talking about this, that, that potentially, um, uh, I want to say trigger, that's not the word I want to use, but potentially a, a clue, that's a better word, that maybe I have a belief that is harmful is, is if I'm overwhelmed with shame or guilt, no matter what the source of it. I mean, because I mean, I, I you know, Right. Um, Absolutely. Think, you know, there, there's because again, yes, we're talking. You know, that, it's, that in some religions, not all. Um, and you know, for me, it goes to almost fundament fundamentalism of any kind. Is right. that here's here's this rigid set of rules, and you dare not step out of it for being for being shamed. Really, um, mm -hmm. doesn't matter what that is. So, what can someone do if if they're ready to tackle? Um, things that are bringing up shame and guilt and they're recognizing, wait, maybe this, maybe this isn't me. Maybe this is, you know, an unproductive belief that I have or a behavior that's not serving me. What, what can somebody do with this? Well, the first step is, is starting to recognize that mm -hmm. like you're not broken. There's nothing wrong with you. You are responding naturally the way you were designed to respond to the circumstances that you've been given. Okay. So without like, and I know that can be hard because we suddenly now I feel ashamed for feeling ashamed. Right. Yeah. It's like, like just, it's like notice and be okay. And mm -hmm. then, and then, and then it's like, okay, recognition is 99% of it. Then it's simply, I would recommend that you reach out for help, that you get some support, that you don't try to just spin it in your own head. But basically, I want to say, identifying, as I already talked about, like looking at your story, tell mm -hmm. your story and ask the question, what was I thinking? And then allow whatever the, once you start to see those thoughts and those beliefs and the impact that they've had on your heart, on your life you start pulling that thread it can be this takes courage to do 
All right. I will say I, I avoided this my whole life because I was afraid of, you know, what else am I going to discover, you know, and, but take the first step, reach out for help. You, what, what happens is there's going to be some emotion that comes up, Uh feel anger, and then you're going to start feeling grief and a lot of other emotions, regret. It's okay. Just be, your emotions won't kill you. Just walk through to the other side. And what happens on the other side of that is you're going to find your own truth. What's actually true that you can stand on. So that's the process. You know, I have a course I take my clients through Mm -hmm. that walks them through that process where they, you're coming back to yourself. You're coming back to your authentic person you were created or designed to be in the world. And you're coming back really to the core of what your own true faith is without all the external junk that's been added on and packed onto it to keep you in line. Right. And, and this I, is and, about setting yourself free. And, you know, I mean, and this is, this is a process that I'm so glad you mentioned courage and I'm so glad you mentioned not doing it alone because we can get caught, you know, it, it's really hard to um, stand outside of ourselves with and, and have an understanding. Um, it, sometimes it takes somebody who's not in, you know, who does, who's not living our life to be able to give us possibilities yeah. and, and also to protect us as we go through this, because as you, as you're saying, a lot of emotions come up and and staying in a non-judgmental place not just for ourselves but for the people but 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 for but for those people in in our life who we care about who um you know our parents our 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 friends you know the right. people the people that we're connected to um when we start this process and, and you're talking about anger and grief and there's there's a a it can sometimes be handled in, in a way that makes things right. worse. Yes. It can be very disruptive and to a relationship. And yeah. And my, my whole life, my work for many years is all about healing relationships. It's about, first of all, having a healthy relationship with yourself. Yep. And from that, 360 degrees, all your relationships, your parents, your children, your partner, or if you're single, your dates, you know, whoever, your friends, your coworkers, your boss, your ex, (laughs) past, right? As well as your future, you know, whatever it is, the vision, the desire that you have for your future. It's like having a healthy relationship all the way around. It starts with your relationship with yourself. Uh-huh. So it's not about, yeah, that anger. And, you know, for me, as I started doing this work, it was anger. It was rage uh-huh. that was coming up because I realized I had bought, because those emotions weren't allowed. When uh-huh. I was- yeah. And it's, and it's, and it's, and, and, and it's important for people to understand this is a process. It's not, it's, it's not something that's going to happen overnight. And again, right. being able to have somebody help you with it because yes. we're, we're talking about, you know, because, you know, when we, when we question our own thoughts and beliefs that also 
kind of spills over to other people, you know, to, to questioning other people's thoughts and beliefs and, and how do we contain it in a way that's not harmful. And I know you have a way to do that. So would you please share that? <laughs> sure. Sure. I definitely create a container for this process that is solid and strong so that you can come in and do your work without harming yourself or anyone else. So then you come to the other side from a place of power and strength and clarity. And most of all, genuine love for yourself Uh and for others. And from that place, you can have those potentially difficult conversations, but you're coming from a place of strength and clarity, not from reaction. Um, So yeah, I have a seven week course. I have a six month course. I take my single, single women through, but I know your audience is uh, mostly partnered. And so I have a seven week course for anyone Mm -hmm. that is, it's called setting yourself free from religious bullshit without losing your faith, Mm -hmm. which is (laughs) important. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. Um, I mean, if you want to walk away or redesign your faith, that's your journey along the way. But this is setting yourself free from the BS portion of it. And so, and where it's held you back. And it, we do, we, I take a small group of people. We create a container of safety. It's all done online uh-huh. together. And we go through this process and support each other through this. So it's for maybe, you know, six-ish, about six to eight people at a uh-huh. time. And we just go through this course. And I take you step-by-step step, very gently through this journey and you have partners along the way and you find out you're not the only one yes and you have other people supporting you and you get to support them and i'm here to hold the whole space and i'm not asking you to do anything i haven't done myself right and it has been incredibly healing for me and it's been incredibly healing for the others for the people who've done this course so where can they find where where can they access this um the best way is you can go to my website which is viragolove.com you're gonna have to spell that (laughs) spell that it's v-i-r-a-g-o love l-o-v-e dot com Okay. Viragolove.com. Virago is the feminine of warrior, and it is a woman of great courage and valor, and which is exactly what I help you develop. Right. So, and men are welcome as well in this course. Absolutely. Well, so thank you so much for that. And as William Faulkner wrote, the past is never dead. It's not even past. And this is definitely true when it comes to your relationships. Your past will often repeat itself over and over again until you take control of it. And in fact, this is often the purpose of relationships, to help you make different choices in response to the old pattern. So what's your partner trying to teach you? And how long will it take you to learn the lesson? Well, that's up to you. And hopefully listening to the show will help And so until next week, stay loving.